Hello and welcome to Modern Homemakers. I'm Leah Parker and we are have a special guest today. There's three of us. I'm here with Donna Otto, <laughs> the author of Finding Finding a Mentor, Being a Mentor. Right. Did I you did it? say okay. it perfectly. Do you want to <laughs> say fam bam? Have, we also have here with us Gracie Doan, so who is currently the ministry's what is your title? Uh, assistant. Assistant. Okay, great. She's our assistant. So um, we're going to have a quick role play with her as a mentee of Donna's. Yes. Well, hi, Gracie. Hello. Nice to have you. Nice to be here. Very nice to have you. And um, we've been talking about this book for the last few weeks or days. And I mentioned that this is a yellow book for dummies. We tried to figure out what the name of it is. Do you remember the name of those books? Books for dummies. Yeah, yeah. For okay. Dummies. That this is the chapters. These are the chapters in the Finding a Mentor, Being a Mentor that are for dummies who never did mentoring before, because you just open up the page and then do what it says. So that's why I invited you in. Now you're not a dummy, <laughs> and I I don't think I am either. But not having uh, mentored before, anyone could do this. So we're going to. We're going to pretend that I don't know anything about mentoring, and I'm going to walk through this um, interfacing with the material just as if I had never read this before. First, let me say before I begin that, there are 30 of these sessions. And I do remember when I was creating them in the writing of this book that we decided that there would be the majority of them that would be applicable to anyone. Mm -hmm. So that's why I chose this one, which is session number nine, and it's on busyness. Busyness. So the first thing it says on this page is plan, prepare, and pray. Mm -hmm. So I did sort of plan. I have prepared. I wrote the book. I guess that'll that'll count. (laughs) And I did say a prayer this morning. And then I did the next thing. It says, call your young friend Mm -hmm. and ask her to consider areas of her life where she feels too busy to be prepared to talk about those arenas. Mm-hmm. Additionally, ask her to keep a log of her activities for the next seven days. You want to try that, Gracie? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, sure. You sound like she's from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to provide a prepared sheet. Okay, and then make a log of your own week. All right, All right. so let's do this. I will make a log and you make a log. Okay. Decide what you would like to adjust. I quote Ann Ortland, who encourages women to reevaluate their schedules regularly every five years to take a serious look not only of activities but priorities. And then I write, if you have these books, scan their information, and there is absolutely shameless numbers of books there by the name of Donna Otto, but get more done in less time. The Tyranny of the Urgent by Charles Hummel, which I would re- recommend anytime anywhere all the time another fine book written by gordon mcdonald ordering your private world and lastly two books written by one elizabeth elliott discipline the glad surrender glad surrender when they wanted to publish this work in england the english editors wanted to take the glad word out because they said nobody surrenders gladly. (laughs) (laughs) And Elizabeth said, that's the key. And then the last one, my dear friend, Richard Foster, The Celebrations of Discipline. And then there's a prayer. So we're going to read this prayer together, okay? Okay. You have your copy in front of you? 
And it's a short prayer, just a couple of sentences long. And I believe that at the front of every three pages, yes, there is a prayer. So let's read it together, okay? Why don't you take the lead in reading it, Gracie? Dear Jesus, help me clear my thoughts and rearrange my own priorities, allowing me to see how I use my time. Also give me the ability to see why I hurry, hurry, hurry. Finally, help me be willing to rearrange my life to make it less busy. Mm, Amen. That's a good prayer. Now, I gathered from a remark you made as we began that you don't consider yourself an over-busy person. Not currently, no. Oh, not currently. Okay. So what... What does the busy time look like for you, and what does it do to you when you get over busy? Um, I ironically, I feel like when I'm over busy, I'm less productive when it comes to getting the things I need to get done done. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, my schedule's been pretty open with starting this new job and everything. But um, when I was in classes or when I was working full time, I tended to put anything that had to do with taking care of myself or my home on the back burner Mm. and then just focusing on um, work tasks or school tasks and then my house would kind of become a mess and uh, yeah just could lose track of things yeah exactly Mm. some of that's about routine Mm -hmm. and in the sharing together there's a, a cute little quip about Uh, a card a greeting card Mm -hmm. and she says a friend sent me a Kathy card it says I'm too busy to call I'm too busy to visit I'm too busy to write a letter and then you open up the inside of the card and there she is with a big grin and she's holding a few other greeting cards in her hand and she says however I've managed to find seven hours to stand around reading all the greeting cards (laughs) (laughs) and that may not be what I do but I think what you've just said is very real Mm -hmm. Uh, there's so many things I could be doing instead I'm standing around doing duh because I don't know so do you think busyness is a good thing or a godly thing um I think that it can be a good thing I I think it's important to have things keeping you busy but I think when it reaches a certain level it's counterproductive Uh Uh-huh, exactly. And there's a list now in this mentoring guide here in Mm -hmm. the book. It says busyness makes us look important and feel important. Do you ever find that to be true? Definitely. Okay, explain that. I think that there's uh, almost a shame in not having something going on. So when I do, I feel like, you know, I seem outwardly, productive and that feels good to be seen that way (laughs) yeah well I'm much older than you are and I can remember the era literally I can just remember a season in our lives when my peers we all had organizer planners and there was some sort of Mm -hmm. joy in saying Oh, I can't do it on that day. <laughs> oh, no, that's not good for me also. And then you would say what you were doing, which uh-huh. was obviously very important and not not really that important. So um, do you think busyness is progress? Not, can be progress? Yeah, I think it can be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What keeps it from being 
good for you? Um, I think it can take away the ability to um, be calm or at peace or um, able to think things through more clearly. I think if, if you're in a constant state of busyness, you tend to lose track of things and what's important. Exactly. I, um, I was talking to someone just this morning about my challenge to her, mm-hmm. which would be my challenge to anyone, um, male, female, young, old, my challenge to myself. And it's very counterintuitive when you hear it, and that is when you have the most to do is when you need the most quiet space. Mm-hmm. especially quiet space with God. Mm-hmm. Now that seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? Yeah, it does seem so. So what do you think the net result of a very busy time would be if you paused quietly to evaluate, to ask God for his guidance, mm-hmm. to see what he's showing you? What do you think that would look like? Um, I would imagine it would make things go much more smoothly and allow you to be genuinely productive rather than seemingly productive and um, it would it would allow uh, room for guidance and and thoughtfulness yeah yeah and change Mm -hmm. and as you said earlier when you're in the busy of a busy 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 period Mm -hmm. you you can't see your nose for the fog in front of you literally Um, I, I love these questions I wrote them, so I should say I love them. <laughs> that is the silliest thing I've ever said. No, not the silliest. I've said many more things that are sillier. Um, but there, let's talk about it. Questions. So, okay. do you say hurry up to your children? Now, Gracie doesn't have children. Do you exceed the speed limit uh, to get places on time, and how often? Yes. Oh, that look on her face was nine it. miles is no. fair, right? Nine miles over the speed nine limit. Nine miles mm-hmm. over the speed limit. Well, that's, that's the fair. that's the fair. You think that's when the police will start looking for you when it's over nine miles? But I have to answer that question for myself because um, my nature is to move. Right. Like I have wild energy. I, I've always had wild energy. Mm-hmm. So get in the car and I'm running behind I'm running behind why am I running behind because there's one more thing in the house I thought I would like to get done before I get there Mm -hmm. so then I have to speed and I have to say to my children and this is a phrase all of you mothers Gracie does not qualify for this (laughs) but all of you mothers who have small children who are walking at small children pace Mm -hmm. do not say to them hurry up Mm -hmm. counselors and psychologists and trainers tell us those are the hardest words to say to a child they diminish who they are well think of it if your legs are 14 inches long Mm -hmm. and your mother's legs are much longer and she's walking at her brisk pace and Mm -hmm. she's saying to you hurry up hurry up hurry up it just says I can't keep up with her I can't do this it's 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 not good for the child's uh, own intentional thoughts about who they are um is dinner hour just a few minutes do you eat in the car okay now that one i can ask you easily yeah i do eat in the car (laughs) probably every other day yeah that's just uh it's not i mean i live alone so i'm not coming home to eat with people and i'm normally 
out and about or like driving around so i tend to have food in the car take food in the car Mm -hmm. well let's see ask me a question that i could tell you why you should not eat in the car (laughs) yeah why should i not eat in the car (laughs) please tell me well actually statistically eating in the car is not good for our digestive system that's that's a crazy random thing but it is true and that's because the way we eat like mm-hmm. it's in your hand it's mm-hmm. close to your face mm-hmm. you don't want to make a mess on the car or you don't mind making a mess on the car which is certainly not good for your vehicle or your investment but um the dinner hour of course spending an hour at the table today mm-hmm. is a very hard thing for people to do a uh, part of that is in bigger families there is the need for letting families have a discussion for having families talk and interrupt one another and talk as a family and laugh and giggle. And if we're in a busy mode, Mm -hmm. we have to get to the table, we have to get up from the table to get to school or to get to wherever we're needing to go. The second thing about eating in the car is you usually take in more calories if you eat in the car than if you eat at home. Interesting. And um, I think you'll have to come and eat with us a little more often from now on. Okay. We, we'd like having you around our table. Um, good. Does your life have quiet time? Yeah, definitely. My uh, life has quiet time right now. Okay, what does that look like? Um, normally it looks like me sitting in my living room playing the ukulele or reading or um, just watching a show I, I'll call a friend but I guess that's not quiet time if you're talking to a friend is it well it's a quieter part of the day mm-hmm. but I think quiet time is just that like mm-hmm. alone yeah um, alone always with God in mind mm-hmm. being receptive to his voice right do you think you know God's voice I think I do that's yeah. very good yeah could, could you give any um, let's see what's the sentence could you give any uh, a portion of what it took for you to know that it was his voice and not another voice what it took to know it was his voice yeah um that's something that I feel like growing up I always kind of struggled with knowing the difference between the two but as I've gotten older I find that it tends to be the voice that like it, come, it comes from a place of, um, like, goodness and um, you can, for me at least, I can feel that, I can, I, it's just like a feeling. I can feel the difference between the two. Um, it's normally something to do with uh, my future or, like, what step I should take next and yeah it's just kind of a feeling it's hard to explain Mm -hmm. you did a good job with it and I think um the word is encouraging Mm -hmm. and when you say uh you hear his voice Mm -hmm. he's not only giving us direction but his voice is always an encouraging voice because his voice is a voice of love yeah unlike our own voices to ourselves or voices that we hear from others. So for those of you who are listening, I have been chatting with Gracie, who's a ministry assistant here at Modern Homemakers. And she is rare because I asked her an hour ago, would you come in and sit in the studio and just do this? And then we took it. So what I have done 
Now, I know I've done this a few times before in my life, but what I've done is literally read every portion of this instruction, and now it offers a time for me to uh, pray for you, and then it talks about things that we would do to help us be less busy. So I would suggest to you uh, rising earlier or phoning each other to rise early if you have trouble doing that i have a dear friend who i've known for 30 years now and she was a young woman and she could not get out of bed and i said well it's okay you don't have to get out of bed i mean like you don't have to no i want to Mm -hmm. i feel called to but when i set the alarm i just turn it off and i go would you call me every day and i said no and she said well well, why why the big no and i said well because then you you'll hate me as much as you hate the alarm clock (laughs) but after a while she wore me down and i began to call her and i have known her i'm going to say for 25 years Mm -hmm. and i believe to this day she still gets out of bed at 5 a.m to have a guaranteed time in her day to be quiet So I think when we talk about busyness, we talk about priorities. Mm -hmm. And priorities are deciding what it is I really want out of life. And if I know and understand that quiet time is important. It also suggests that we encourage each other by holding each other accountable for various ideas or to use our imagination in ways to um, encourage one another. And the last thing it recommends we do is we talk about our next meeting. We set it up now Mm -hmm. so that you have your calendar and you've opened your calendar and you know what time we're going to meet next time we're together so thank you grace thank you you're welcome so we talked about the 10 commandments of mentoring when we were together last time i think if you've listened to this and you heard the 10 commandments i'd like to ask you to look at them again and listen to where i went astray thou shalt not play god or teacher or mother or father Thou shalt not lie with your body by being too energetic or not energetic enough. Thou shalt not be non-judge. Thou shalt be non-judgmental, non-judgmental. And why do we get judgmental? Because we hear something from someone else that sounds like they could do better. And I thank Gracie for her random freedom in saying mm, this and mm, that. Uh, Thou shalt not lose heart because of repeated disappointments. It's easy to say, okay, now let's meet together next week. And if Gracie had been an extraordinarily busy person, and then I would meet with her the next week and said, well, how'd you do? And she looks at me like, I didn't do any different. So it's very easy to say, well, what's the point in meeting? The point in meeting are the things that we talked about. The foundation of ministry of mentoring is character and service and love and sacrifice and giving glory to God for the things that he does in our lives. The power of the ministry of mentoring is the Holy Spirit and the model is Jesus Christ himself. I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on air the last few months, but I have been the watcher of a show called The Chosen, not all of them, but I have watched many of them. And I have seen a lot of material put into media format over the years of my lifetime, uh, 
big screen media, small screen media, uh, books and lectures. But I find that The Chosen have done an extraordinarily good job, not a perfect interpretation, but a great understanding of what it looked like to be with Christ. Every time I watch one, I think that's how it must have felt to be in his presence. And the wondering of the passages where he says, I must leave you. I must go away, but don't worry. Someone else is coming. And that someone else is the Holy Spirit who gives you power and embraces you in a way that you will have the freedom to introduce yourself to a young person who God has called you to engage in mentoring. I pray you will take this seriously. Look in your space, in your world, in your neighborhood, in your church, in your school, anywhere for someone that God might call you to invest in their life through the vehicle of mentoring. Mm. So good. Thank you, Donna. And thank you, Gracie, for the role play today of uh, how to find a mentor and being a mentor. It's the back of the book. And Donna, I know you keep calling it a dummy guide, but it really does put it into simple, practical terms. So thank you. Thank oh, you for that. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you, Leah. Well, so good. We, I'll stop calling it dummy. <laughs> uh, we are hot, modern homemakers. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it an uncommon day by entering the ministry of mentoring. Yes.